Welcome to the SoCal Bike PT Podcast, where we talk bikes, physical therapy, and everything in between. I'm your host, Tim Wu. Alright guys, welcome back. This is the episode 2 of the SoCal Bike PT Podcast. Uh, my next guest here is uh, ready for his call up to the start line. Originally from Beverly, Massachusetts, he originally turned pro in 2006 and currently rides for Rally Pro Cycling. Along the way, he's racked up wins with the overall Nature Valley Grand Prix, a stage at both the Tour of Utah and Cascade Cycling Classic, the Delta Road Race in Canada, and he's pretty much competed in every race here in America as well as raced extensively in Europe. And he is a former national champion in cyclocross on multiple occasions. Currently residing and training in Newbury Park, California, it's the one and only Jesse Anthony. How you doing, sir? Welcome to the show. I'm doing very well, thank you. All right, so first attack questions, get this race started. What's the last ride you did, and what bike were you on, and uh, what did you eat or drink afterwards? Oh my goodness, this is going to be a long answer. Uh, <laughs> yesterday was the last ride I did. It was an uh, over six-hour ride out of Borrego Springs, California, which is the middle of nowhere. Um, I was out there for Janelle Holcomb's camp. And, uh, yeah, we had a fantastic crew. We rode, I think it was close to eight or 9,000 feet of climbing, which was fantastic. Um, afterward, I had a dirty burrito. That was delicious. And then <laughs> I think I had a bowl of cereal and a banana for a snack. And later on, had some Thai food for dinner. Oh, nice. That was after you drove, what, the four hours all the way back That home? was, like, in the middle of the drive. We stopped for Thai food. And, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, nice to break it up. Yeah. Oh, and I had, I had some ice cream. Oh, of course. I found some ice cream in Temecula. I was, I went like 20 minutes out of my way to get it, but it was so totally worth it. Oh, absolutely. You, you know, when you know you need some ice cream, it's worth every bit of delay. Yeah. Absolutely. How long were you out in Borrego Springs for that camp? Uh, I was there for three days. Oh, uh, quality. The whole camp was five days long, so I, I did the last three days. Oh, that's exciting. It was cool, man. It was a great crew. Um, yeah. It was super fun, super fun group to hang out with. Well, that's fun. Okay. Yeah. So now that we got the first attack out of the way, we kind of we've made the breakaway. I wanted to kind of follow up with. That's uh, that easy. It's never that easy. Oh, I know. It's never that easy to make the breakaway. This is this is the TV breakaway. This is where you like oh. see the highlights of the first attack, and then all of a sudden it's 60k to go, and the breakaway is already if there. If there's TV, it's definitely not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we don't have another 30 minutes or whatever to, like, do counterattacks and get the break going. But, you know, that's good okay. insight there. It's important okay. to note that when you watch those pro races and you see the breakaway, it didn't just happen. There's always... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is one of the things that us as the racers were always like, they can't they can't do this to us. Like, They're like, oh, there's a breakaway. They let these guys go. It's like, no, 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 that's not how it works. <laughs> okay, everyone who's listening, remember... From Jesse and anyone who's pro, they didn't let them go. You're missing all those counterattacks at the beginning that the workhorses on the team are completely dead from either countering or trying to put someone in the move or just being strategic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. So let's say we're in it now, and I wanted to follow okay. up with the fact that uh, you just had a pretty cool event out at the StubHub Center with Rally. I saw all over social media that you and brad and mateo and rob were uh doing something out there can you tell me what that was all about yeah so that was a kids bike giveaway with rally um rally's a really cool partner um a lot of people don't know what they do they're in the healthcare industry they their focus is really to um enhance the experience for the, the average person the consumer um 
to access their health care. Right. We all have health care. Most of us have health insurance. It's complicated. Oh, Nobody yeah. knows how to use it and, and what they can do with it. So Rally kind of, we are trying to encourage people with Rally to access their health care, figure out how it works, and Rally helps people do that. Very cool. So uh, did you uh, get a chance to help some kids build some bikes? And it was a pretty cool moment so, that you took away. <laughs> Beeline Bikes brought four, <laughs> four of their mobile sprinters down there, built, I think it was 150 bikes. And then the Boys and Girls Club of Carson came for an event. Um, Melvin Gordon was there. He's a running back mm-hmm. for the LA Chargers. It's kind of focused around him. but So they do some other activities. They He talks to the kids a little bit, takes some pictures, and then we hand out bikes. And we were actually teaching some kids how to ride for the first time or, like, they hadn't ridden in seven or eight years. They're like, I don't know if I know how to ride. And so we were, we were setting them up on bikes and helmets, and, yeah, we got them rolling. It was awesome. Oh, man, it's so cool to see um, athletes, especially um, pro cyclists, like, in the off season, doing these type of charitable events and really giving back to the community so kudos on you and everyone else on rally for doing that that's pretty cool yeah yeah i you know i've ridden bikes since i was three four years old and you know where it's brought me in life has been incredible so if i can uh you know help some kid get on a bike and, and just share this experience with them and, and you know push them off and be like go ride around your neighborhood you never know that like that's how i started i just rode down the street and then eventually or i rode in my driveway probably when i was three years old and now I've ridden all around the world in four different continents. And, uh, yeah, you never know where the bike can bring someone. Oh, wow, that's incredible. So that's pretty cool that you're doing these kind of things in the off season. I know 2018 is looking like a pretty good year for Rally. you got some new acquisitions. You guys are stepping up to the pro continental level. What are your kind of season plans, expectations? What are you excited for next year? Uh, I'm excited for a lot of new races. I think we're we're stepping up the level quite a bit. We're going to be doing a lot of new events internationally. That, um, yeah, we've just we've never done this level of events before or these level of events. So I uh, I think we don't necessarily know our race schedule yet, but right. there's going to be a lot of traveling and a lot of new experiences out there. And I, I I'm excited to do that. I've always wanted to you know race in Europe full time. Yeah. I this is going to be quite that experience. We're going to be traveling a lot, but not, you know, still based out of the U.S. Uh, but yeah, I think we got a lot of a lot of big races coming up, and and yeah, I'm excited for that. So I know you don't know your schedule yet, but what's something in the back of your mind is like, God, I wish I could go race that. <laughs> One race I've always wanted to do is Liège Best Only Age. Oh. Um, I love those those one day or Tour of Flanders, but I love those one day classics. <laughs> that are just super hard punchy hills the whole time i think liege might be a little bit too climby for me but right. flanders would be would be epic Dude, um, you would i don't s- think we're gonna be doing either of those smash. events this year i think you would smash in flanders i remember chasing you around <laughs> that was i think you got I, it i would i would be happy if i survived that race oh for sure that'd be pretty cool i, I you know i hope you get there because i'd be like hey you see jesse he dropped me in these kind of conditions before you know he's he's hammering that's pretty awesome um so you've been a pro for a, a while now i remember you turned pro in 2006 and we were chatting before this interview about um kind of your history with some injuries and your experience with physical therapy and you had a really good yeah. message that i wanted you to kind of talk about so bring us back to when you first start having some issues and then your first encounter with a physical therapist and then how that's enabled you to kind of keep your body healthy and be pro this long 
Yeah. So the first, my first experience with a physical therapist was in 2004 when my, my back was so locked up that I was in the middle of a cyclocross race and I just was struggling to put out any power. And uh, I pulled out of the race and I, my back had hurt for years since I was probably 14. I remember my back hurting when I was racing the bike and I just thought that was part of bike racing. Right. You know, like your legs hurt, your back hurts, you crash, you get flat, whatever. Like <laughs> things happen. This is just the sport. <laughs> it's right. hard. Um, so yeah, the cyclocross race just, I, I stopped. I was like, this is, this is not like something's wrong. Found a physical therapist to go see and, and she was just, you know, I walked in, she checked me out and she was just like, wow, <laughs> which is not, not what you want to hear from a doctor. Yeah. Um, but basically my SI joint was, was a whole mess. My sacrum was rotated and angled at like 45 degree angle. Uh, my pelvis was all twisted up and I was, my pelvic height was like an inch different from right to left. And okay. yeah, she was just like, I don't know how you've been walking around riding a bike like this, but I was like, well, it's a lot of pain and <laughs> seemingly not very fast. Yeah. So Jesse, how old were you when this first happened? I was 19 at the time. 19. And what yeah, 19. Yeah. What did she do for you then and kind of educated you that you've been able to kind of manage it since then? So first she did a bunch of manipulations and got me straightened out. Yeah. And then showed me some self-correcting exercises and some core strengthening exercises to start working on to, you know, stabilize this problem. Right. Um, so this was the fall of 2004. Um, and Jody, my physical therapist, you know, sent me out these, these, uh, exercises. And then I started seeing her twice a week. I think it was twice a week, once or twice a week. And I was, you know, I was doing these exercises. I was doing everything now that I knew what to do to, to help solve the problem. I was doing all this stuff and I was still just coming out of line every few days. You know, I would go back in she put me back and then keep doing my exercises and it took four or five years of doing this consistently where I actually stabilized and was able to get it in check for the most part oh wow and uh to this day do you still manage that off the bike as well yeah so it it, the problem still comes back once in a while excuse me um I even if I do work on my core strength and all that stuff like this, uh, this spring, I had a lot of really bad back issues come up and, um, I basically the same thing, like some back pain, back pain wasn't too bad, but I was losing a ton of power. I just couldn't go right or go hard. And sometimes you think, you know, every time you have a bad day on the bike, you can't freak out and run to the doctor or the physical therapist. Like you have bad days. Sometimes you don't feel good. Um, so I had some experiences like that, and it, the problem has has not flared up as bad as it did this year in several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, to this day, I still have SI joint issues, and and when it's off, it's hard to tell sometimes because not necessarily back pain that I experience anymore; it's just weakness. You lose, you know, lose power. Right. So you're able now to kind of differentiate the feeling on the bike versus you're just having a bad day where you need to reduce the training load. Not. Well, that's. 
that's that's the problem is I'm yeah. not really able to differentiate that sometimes. Sometimes ah. it just feels like a bad day, which you have to push through and, and you know, kind of reassess your training and your nutrition, think about sleep, like, all right, what were all these factors that go into how you feel day to day? And it's like, oh, well, maybe I haven't been sleeping great or, you know, need to eat a little better. So sometimes I'll, I'll change those things up a little bit, go for a little longer, still don't feel great, and then, you know, realize, oh, maybe I should go get checked up because something's not right. Right. So when you realize you got to get checked out, who's uh, who do you go to to kind of check out your back? Well, so my physical therapist that I first saw, Jody Lacera Klein, she's yeah. in uh, Manchester, Massachusetts, back where I grew up. Um, and unfortunately now I can't see her very often because I live <laughs> complete opposite co- corner of the country yeah. here in Southern California. Um, I see a great physical therapist here, uh, actually an hour away from me in Santa Barbara. Oh, nice. Diana Palmer. She's helped me since 2008 when I was coming out to Santa Barbara a lot. Um, yeah, so I, I see her fairly often. I saw another physical therapist, uh, Maury Hayashida. He's also in Santa Barbara. Oh, nice. Uh, so I have a whole team out here. Uh, I see a chiropractor fairly often. Nice. Um, and, yeah, there's, there's just... Uh, I've lined up people all over the country. If I'm in Colorado, I know I have people to call. I'm working with people to call. <laughs> Jesse's got it right. You gotta, you gotta set up network. your team. Absolutely, you gotta have your healthcare team that's here to take care of you. Just like pro cycling, uh, individual results a result of teamwork. The same thing. The yeah. individual rider needs that team behind him. The coach, the PT, the the this sporting director, everyone. So that's yeah. really cool that you've been able to. Um, manage this off the bike i hear a lot of stories both at you know recreational level amateur level and even the pro level where this kind of injury would have ended their career and they would not ride anymore they say i used to ride but now i have this issue and so i really thought it was inspiring to hear that someone like yourself who's a successful pro athlete has this issue but has been proactive about managing it and is still able to perform at the highest level so that's amazing yeah it, it is it's it's been a journey with it because on yeah i mean i honestly i feel like it ha, it has almost taken me out of the sport before right uh, you know this is a this is a i race at the professional level and it's it's competitive um so this year when i had a lot of back issues and it took me months to they came came up really fast yeah um i think they started developing after a crash i had in april um and again, you have a crash. Sometimes you feel bad that day or the next day, and you can, you don't know what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And also, we travel so much that it's you know I'm not always home to go see my physical therapist here. Um, but when they came up, it took months to for me to act to get a handle on it, to to reset and to, to really focus in on the issue and to you know do the exercises to make it stable again. Uh, and when I had basically had a bad season by, you know, there was a couple months when I was riding really badly and then Mm -hmm. came back to at the end of the year. Well, but I didn't, I lost a lot of chances to get results. Um, and so when it came contract time, you look back at what you did that year and the team's like, you know, you you didn't really, you know, there's, there's not a lot to show here, which is fair. I mean, that's, that's competitive sports and, uh, it it's tough to deal with, but that's that's the world we live in. Where you right. know it's performance date, um, and so if you can't perform, then you know you might <laughs> you might get kicked out. Right. 
Yeah, that's that's got to be a little bit nerve wracking. Um, I'm glad yeah, that you're. Really yeah, I'm glad that you're still in it and you've been able to stay on top. Um, Thanks. And, and, yeah, and the rally team was really good about staying behind me. Pat McCarty and Jonas Carney, our two directors, um, were you know super supportive of me the whole time. Um, you know, at the end of the season, they weren't bearing down on me like, hey, you know, you got the back issues. I don't know if we want to keep you. Yeah. They were like, yeah, yeah, we still want to keep you. You know, we know that we. They saw me doing the work. They they saw me going through the. Uh, taking the steps to to get the problem solved and they they know that i was committed to coming back so they were supportive of that but at the same time there's there's other guys out there racing well and uh, you know it's a business so yeah i couldn't i would never blame them if if they were like you know what man i think it's you know we can't we can't offer you a contract it's not i don't think that's on them uh it's just that's that's the nature of the beast yeah pro cycling is uh is cutthroat it's year to year it's it's results or bust. It's uh, yeah. that's kind of the vibe I get from talking to everyone. And so, uh, managing your body as your business is definitely an extra challenge. So, on that yeah. note, what's something that uh, you swear by in order to keep your body healthier, performing at the top level now that you wish you would have known way back in the day? Uh. Yeah, it's just to go see a physical therapist or. <laughs> Whoever whoever it is that you have found is is most helpful in keeping your body on track. Um, some people find chiropractors that right. have a lot of other different backgrounds and, mm-hmm. and knowledge, other than you know it's not just spine tracking. True, um, absolutely. Physical therapists also have different skill sets as physical therapists. There's all these subcategories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I would you know when I was. 14 if someone was like oh you have back pain you should go see jody and start getting this sorted when you're a kid and i was growing you know my my i was a tiny little oh yeah i don't know how 75 pound kid or whatever <laughs> like you're growing i was riding bikes that were too big for me because i thought i would grow into them and that's you yeah. know what i could get my hands on and there there are so many factors i wish yeah i mean in back in the day i wish someone had pointed me toward a physical therapist and said do this right take care of your body and, you know, back then I didn't know I was going to be a professional for 12 years. <laughs> this is true. I was always, that's what, I, that's what the dream was, but I never thought like, oh, I should start taking care of my body now so that it, when I'm 32, I don't feel like I'm 80. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think any 14-year-old boy has any concept of what they're doing 10, 20 years from now and that it's important to take care of themselves now. That is beyond right. their comprehension. But a good message for not only the... Uh, junior riders and racers out there, but also the young adult riders who, uh, you know, in the in the early 20s who are invincible. It's shred the bike every day, go home feeling terrible, and that's what it's all about. These kind yeah. of things are going to creep up. People don't realize that riding a bike is a, uh, is a weird stimulus for your body. This is an invention that's, what, 120 years old on a human body that, you know, has a genetic history dating back hundreds of thousands. So... That kind of stimulus over that much time is going to have kind of maladaptive effects. It's going to mess with you, and it's important right. to get a member of the you know healthcare community on your side, taking care of you. Whether you're Jesse Anthony or the 14 year old kid who races you know the borrowed bike, it's that's a really right. good point. I'm glad you made that. Yeah. No, and I hope there's um, I you know it's one of those things with social media and the way that 
information is shared these days, I, I am hopeful for people that this will catch on. Just like good nutrition um, yeah. is catching on for, for young athletes, for old athletes, for, for everybody. Everyone. It's easy to access the, the correct information and the tried and true from the people who are, like myself, that are using it to the max and that are pushing ourselves to the max. And we are the people that you know you can you can look at as examples of what to do and what not to do. Yeah, you know, we're not perfect, so you can learn a lot of what not to do from us as well. Right. But like, I hope that that these examples do motivate people to yeah, take care of themselves. Go if, if if they have any pain, if it's a back pain or a knee pain or you know just not feeling great. You know, even you know emotional. Uh, issues or mm-hmm. psychological uh or mental health symptoms yeah mental yeah. health is huge so anything like that like people need like there are people out there to help to help you um and that's something that we have to you know continually be reminded of and and take advantage of and it's okay to say hey i need some help it's not a sign of weakness it's a sign of empowerment exactly. Being able to reflect, being able to reflect and say, this part of my game is weak, whether it's, you know, this pain, this weakness, this nutrition, this sleep, who out there has the knowledge and is willing to help me and makes me better. It doesn't make you worse. You know, that kind of proactiveness is what I bet is probably why you're still a professional. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) it's one of those things, the more you, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah. And, and keeping that attitude is really important for being uh, a professional athlete and, and, a, and a good athlete and a good good Human at whatever being. you do. is just to be open-minded and <laughs> yeah. to seek help where you need help and to be willing to say, look, I don't, I don't know how to do this or I don't know about this. I need to learn. And to realize that there are people in the world that specialize in everything. Yeah. If you can think of an issue, there's someone out there. <laughs> that has thought about that a lot more and studied about it a lot more than you have. Absolutely. The the um the riches are in the niches. And so there's a niche out there that you can <laughs> I you can that, find. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, I'm full of these ridiculously not funny one-liners, don't worry. Um that's a really good insight, Jesse. I I really appreciate that. And we've been in the breakaway for a while and it's getting tired, <laughs> so we're hitting the feed zone now. So, I want to know, what's your favorite on the bike treat? Not the best one for you. Your favorite. All right. Um, I'm a big fan of the Cliff Mojo Mountain Mix Bar. Oh. It's like a hidden gem. You can you can find it in grocery stores. Some bike shops stock it, but like it's one of those kind of random flavors. Yeah. It's not super carb heavy. It actually has quite a bit of fat and protein in it. Nice. Um, which I've realized as I get older... I need more of those kind of things. Yeah. I don't, I have a sweet tooth, but I don't go for the sweets as much as I go for the savory foods now. Oh, right. Um, and the mountain, or the mountain mix is like a perfect combination. It's got chocolate chips and raisins, but then pretzels, peanuts, and a bunch of other good stuff. So those, those I love. I, I'll, yeah, I get boxes of those. Oh, yeah. Every, I think anyone who enjoys Cliff product, like I do, has the one unique cliff bar flavor that they will like hunt down and buy all of them mine's definitely like the cool yeah. the cool mint chocolate and then on top of yeah. those i like the uh the z bars which are supposed you know they're the kids bars but those are some of the easily digestible 
easiest digestible cliff bars. And then they come in a bunch of different flavors that I kind of like to mix up. There's a, a fudge brownie one. Uh, there's an iced gingerbread one. Oh, there's yeah. There's an oatmeal, oatmeal cinnamon raisin one. And so you kind of like, you're like, oh, I want the chocolate. You go for the chocolate a lot. And then you're like, ah, maybe I'll go for the spicy version. Oh, for sure. <laughs> the cinnamon one be good, yeah. All right. So last thing before we get out of the feed zone. Uh, let's say you're taking a break from writing. I know you probably are going to take one soon. What's your favorite activity or thing to do to chill out that is not on the bike? Ah. Uh, I usually like to hang out with friends. I like drinking coffee, so I'll go out to coffee. I'll go out to lunch. Um, I have barbecues in my house once in a while. Nice. I invite a bunch of people over. Uh, those are the kind of things I like to do. Food. Yeah. Usually food-oriented. Okay, so any activity that includes friends and food. Perfect. Correct. Yeah, Correct. I mean, that's I mean that's what it's all about, man. <laughs> I, I enjoy it, yes, very much so. All right, so uh, now that we're refueled and we're heading to the finish, um, this race has been a long one, and you've been a pro for over 10 years now, which is a pretty long time. Uh, what drives you to continue to be at your best and continue to do this pro cycling thing? That's a great question. Um, it's interesting as I get older, the motivation has to be, uh, I kind of have to create the motivation. It has to be manufactured. Uh, when I was 10 years ago, when I was 22, I, you did not need to motivate me. Like I was chomping at the bit. I was pushing and going for it. And I just needed to be steered in the right direction and, and you know, pointed, pointed in the right direction and kind of corralled along a little bit in, in the right way. Uh, now I have a lot of the good systems down. I know how to eat. I know how to take care of myself. I know how to train. Uh, and for me now, it's, it's, I have to like come up with the motivation to, to, to train. It's been, it's been challenging. Um, the sacrifices that I make to participate in the sport, um, they're seemingly more, I don't know, they, they just, it seems like the sacrifices are bigger now yeah. in, re in relation to the reward. Um, but I do still really enjoy racing. Uh, I, I enjoy the competitive part of the sport. Um, and most of all, I enjoy the team aspect. I, I really enjoy getting together with a group of guys, getting to know them, like bonding, and then going out with, on a mission and working really hard together to try to accomplish some great things. And that's one of the really cool things about rally cycling growing the way it has is that we went from 2010 when i joined the teams this yeah. ragtag group of clean guys when the sport <laughs> wasn't very clean right and we kind of we had a small budget and we were we were just fighting for it and we got some good results back then and now we're one of the we're one of the bigger teams in north america and the sport is a lot cleaner it's a lot different to compete now um and we get a lot of good results. Like the team is very, very good. And I am just super happy to still be a part of it. Uh, so for me, the teamwork is, is really important. I, I have a lot that I can share with the, with the guys and a lot that I can contribute to the results. Um, I'm no longer one of the more talented guys on the team. <laughs> uh, but I do have the experience from putting so many years into the sport right. that you just can't buy this on the market, yes. you know, like you, you can't just go out and find a North American pro that's been racing for 12 years. 
Um, so that to me is really valuable and I appreciate that, like the investment that I've made in myself. Yeah. And it's really fun to contribute back to the team in that way. Yeah. Um, you know, camaraderie is king. I think that's kind of the, the big take home. We all just want a feeling of belonging to either a group or belonging to some higher mission than ourselves. And so totally. that's really, that's really cool that you figure that out. Um, so it's hard and fast. We're hitting the sprint finish now. So speaking of hard and fast. So this breakaway made it. Oh, the breakaway made it. Absolutely. It's a small Dude, group. I love when the breakaway makes it. Yeah, you're in there. And so you're sprinting for the win now. Here's your last three questions. Sick. One, uh, most epic, painful ride ever. Ooh, it can be a man, race, too. It can be an epic or painful years. race. Yeah. Oh. There's There's got to be one that sticks out and you're like, that was awful. I'm selling the bike after this is over. Yeah. All right, I'll I'll give this one to you. Um, gosh, what year was it? It must have. It was last year, 2016, the Tour of California, Ooh. and we had a very long stage. I want to say it was 230 some odd kilometers from oh gosh, somewhere in the flatlands <laughs> in the Central Valley, yeah, up to Lake Tahoe. Oh yeah. So. You know on Strava when it says, like, your largest climb? Right. This race was my largest climb. It was 8,126 feet or something like that. Oh. I'm going to have to fact check that. <laughs> but we started and we climbed. We had 30 kilometers of flat. Thankfully, the breakaway did go fairly early. Uh, they wrestled themselves away, and it was a big group, like 12 riders. Most of the teams were pretty happy. We were like, all right, that one's gone. Yeah. And then we climbed for 120 kilometers. <laughs> Primarily uphill. There were a few rollers in there where we went slightly down, but we climbed 8,000 feet and 120 kilometers. Oh. It was, and I was having a terrible day on the bike. Oh. Honestly, this was one of those weeks that looking back on it, I think my, my back was out. Right. I think my, my sacrum was probably a little crooked and it was shutting me down a little bit. Because I, I there like my fitness should have been really good. Yeah. But I just felt terrible the whole week. I was just struggling. Uh, so this, it was awful, man. It was a. I ended up racing. It was I was six, over six and a half hours of race time. Uh, um, and I survived in the peloton in this climb, all the way to the K, like five k before the KOM line when it got yeah. steeper at the end. Oh, you geez. can imagine. And I was like, I think I was, so that was 156, so I was somewhere like 80K to the finish, and it was a couple of rollers, a couple of small climbs, but I was like, I, I know if I make it there, I can, I can get drops, I'll make the time cut, because the time cut is going to be pretty big. Oh, yeah. So I ended up in the group head on. But, oh, dude, it was just awful. I felt awful that day. If you were having a good day, it was probably a hard stage. Yeah. But if you are having a bad day, like, it was, and it wasn't so hard where you're like oh i got dropped it was you know it was tempo they were chasing this breakaway yeah and so it was just like this ugly tempo that i could do so i was you know i forced myself to stay in there you gotta stay in the race so i i could suffer a lot right and it was able to go to that limit of suffering to stay in it but it wasn't ep so epically hard that like it was just like, oh, this is so hard. It was, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I mean, there's it's a difference terrible. between climbing 8,000 feet by yourself or, you know, just in a specific zone. And then there's climbing 8,000 feet 
at the Tour of California where you're at the mercy of whoever is at the front setting tempo to keep the breakaway within reach. Correct. And that's that 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 would make it epic. So on the it other yeah, on the other end of the spectrum, what's your favorite race either to do <laughs> or to watch or both cuz so, you do everything now, so. Yeah. Uh, the Hampton Tour of California is my favorite stage race in America. Philly is my favorite one day race. Wow. I absolutely love Philadelphia. Yeah, so that's good. Um I've had some I've had some good rides at Philly. Yeah. In fact I almost always have a good day there for some reason. I always just feel good. My body's responding. Um and I was on the podium once, which I want to repeat. I would love to get in the top step there. Uh Tour of California, I love that race, especially now that I live in California. It's such an awesome event. Uh but I've ne I've had some good days there, but I've never completed a good week at the TOC. Interesting. I just, there's something I just my body does not have a good relationship with that week. <laughs> it's it's uh it's Jesse Anthony's white whale, the uh, tour of California. It is. I want to go there and have a good. I I had a decent week in 2013, uh, but like in 2011 I was out in two or three breakaways. I was fighting for the KOM jersey. Yeah. I was in, I was riding really good, and then the second to last day, my knee just completely. Well, I get tendonitis flared up in my knee. Right. And I had to pull out of the race because it hurts so bad. Right. Um, but that was like the fittest I've ever been at the TOC. That's nuts. Yeah. Wow. But uh, maybe, so anyway, I'm just yeah. never. Yeah. <laughs> I want to put together a good week there. <laughs> hey, uh, maybe event. maybe you get on your schedule this year. That'd be really cool. We can follow up after we'll the Tour of California. Yeah. yeah. All right. So it's the last push to the line, and it's going to be okay. your time to uh, create your legend right now. What's one piece <laughs> of wisdom you would like to impart? on any new writer or anyone else out there about writing or just life in general? Gosh, I think we already went over it. It's keep your head up and, and learn from the people around you uh, and enjoy the sport. Like, take good things out of the sport. There's so many good things that come out of cycling, the camaraderie, the community, um, the exercise, the health, you have to pay attention to them, though. You have to be intentional about finding these things and focusing on them. Yeah. Because it's easy to get distracted with how difficult the sport is. It's a challenging sport. Um, eating well is hard. It takes time. Uh, you know, investing in the community and your friends mm -hmm. and the other people that you are riding with. And then, like we said, admitting that you need some help. And that's not a weakness. That's how you become better at anything. Um, so I think all those things are just super important, but, and, and they do take effort, but they're worth it. Like they're it's worth it. the effort because it will improve your quality of life, will improve your quality as an athlete. And, uh, yeah. Wow. So that was a strong finish. I think you got it at the line. Congratulations. I gotta, we're just going to say I won yeah. the sprint out of the breakaway. Yeah, you won the sprint out of the breakaway on episode it may two. It have even been a solo break, so who knows? Yeah, you know what? It was a solo break. We can do whatever yes. we want here. You went, you know, you did the from the gun solo breakaway, the most epic way I to win. I love those. Yeah, way to go. Um, it's been an extreme pleasure. Jesse Anthony, chatting with you today. So thank you so much for your time. Hopefully you get recovered from your last camp. And uh, I look forward to seeing you be successful next season and also be successful with everything else in your life. I super appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. Really appreciate the time.
Well, I hope you enjoyed episode two of the SoCal Bike PT podcast and today's race with Jesse Anthony of Rally Cycling. As always, follow at SoCal Bike PT on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe and follow the SoCal Bike PT podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. See you at the next race.